Well, good morning, Gateway South. It's good to be here. I want to say thank you for inviting us, Pastor Norm, to come and to share our journey, our story. Uh, it's been quite a journey. It's been uh, quite a roller coaster over all the years. This last two years have been particularly uh, different. I just want to introduce our youngest son this morning. This is Jaden. Jaden, if you want to stand. This is our youngest son. Our oldest one is Joshua, but he couldn't be with us today. He's out of town, so he couldn't be here. But thank you for having us. And we want to talk this morning with you about our journey. Uh, We've all been created and formed by God for purpose and on purpose. Our journeys are not the same, nor are they supposed to be. Jeremiah had a journey of his own, much like us. Let's take a look this morning at the call of Jeremiah for a moment as we try to lay out our journey to you this morning. We're going to look at Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 to 10. It's on the screen for us. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. This morning we see a great message in this passage. And we want to pull out four things to draw our attention to that we can look at for our lives together. First thing this morning we want to see is Jeremiah's call. Before he formed us in his mother's womb, before he he was formed in his mother's womb, God knew him. Before he was born, God set him apart. He appointed him as a prophet to the nations. This too is true for us. At a young age, I knew what God had created me for. God had made me with purpose for his glory. And when I was in my teen years, God called me to ministry. I had an application filled out for Bible school because I was so sure that this was what I was supposed to do. Some things had happened, and I rebelled. I chose a different road for a season in my life, and I walked away from that call. But it didn't matter where I went or what I'd done. That void was never completely fulfilled. I found my way back to the Lord just after we were married, and that urgency to be involved in the kingdom work and to serve the church was an automatic It was like I'd never gotten away from it because it was what I was created to do. This passage was given to us by a pastor friend 
of ours in our early years of marriage. And we had no idea at that time what that meant. It seems so out to lunch, but in fact it's our story in a nutshell because it's along the lines of how it's played out. You may say, how, how are you so sure of this call? How do you know that God has called you? There is a peace that comes when you walk in the perfect will of God for your life. You seek for his guidance and you look for his hand upon your life. I've had many confirmations that have come through people we didn't know and some that have known us well. And we've specifically asked them to pray. For example, before I admitted and submitted to this call, I asked Sylvia to contact one of our dear friends. She's interceded for us over the years, many different occasions. And we asked her to pray and asked asked the Lord what he wants to say to her for us in this season. A few days passed by, she sent a message back and she said, Do Jason realize he has a pastoral anointing upon his life? And several others had said to me over the years, I believe you're called to a pastoral ministry. It's in your future somewhere. We were in a conference in Regina about three years ago, I think it was. The pastor there didn't know who we were. We'd never met him before. He prayed over us and he took us by the hands. He said, I feel, he said, that these are hard-working hands. He said, they're rough and they're, work, they're well-worked hands. But he said, I see a podium in your future. He said, I don't know what that means. If that's ministry of some sort, pastoral, I'm not sure. But it's guaranteed a podium is in your future. It registered with my spirit immediately. So God confirms his purposes for our lives. And when I was a young girl, I was in a youth group one night, and I was standing in worship, and the Lord spoke to me. And I felt the Lord say that ministry was a call on my life. During the altar time, I went forward, and the speaker that was there that night, he come down and he laid his hands on me, and he prayed over me, and he had confirmed what I had just heard. After that, I began to have dreams and visions, dreams of me preaching and uh, and people being healed and set free. Over the years, I have had many dreams that I know is from the Lord. I was headed to Baba College, and I would accept it, but for some reason, I didn't end up going. A while later, I got another application, but in the meantime, I met this guy, and we started to date. And one day, he looked at me, and he told me that if I went to Baba College, I could kiss my chances with him goodbye. So I didn't go. Don't boo too hard. (laughs) Story gets better. (laughs) Then time went on, we got married, and the dreams and the words kept coming. Next in the passage, we see Jeremiah's initial response. He said, O sovereign Lord, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. Right away, he came up with excuses of why he couldn't do as God had said. How often do do we do this sort of thing in our lives? We always say we want to do God's will in our lives, and then he comes knocking at the door 
and ask something of us and we say, but God, I can't do that right now. I'm not capable of doing that. God, are you sure you got the right person for that job? I think you might have missed it. It seems that Jeremiah felt disqualified for the job as well. And we have, we have had these moments. Are we capable of doing such a thing? What do we say? We're not experienced. I don't feel that I have the right training for this. I felt that I was disqualified for the call of God on my life as well. I backslid for a while. I walked on my own. I really thought and felt that I missed it. That opportunity has passed me by was always my thinking. I didn't go to school to train and get theological teaching. But in fact, the Bible says that God's call is irrevocable. And indeed, it's the call that qualifies me for the job. He will sustain us and guide us, and he will equip us to complete the task. And we are truly amazed that this opportunity of being called to the Paul to pastor this church is even an opportunity that is before us. When God calls us, he isn't making a mistake. And for us to hesitate or refuse to obey is to act on the basis of unbelief and not faith. Faith does not make things easy, but it makes them possible. It's one thing for us to know our own weaknesses, but it's quite something else for us to say that our weaknesses prevent God from getting anything done. He doesn't make mistakes, church. He has our destiny sorted out before we are formed in the womb. What is your response to what God is calling you to today? Are you being hesitant and reluctant to the call, whatever that looks like in your life. Next, we want to look at Jeremiah's equipping. The Lord prepared Jeremiah for the job. The Lord reached out his hand and touched his mouth and said to him, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. And this is also true for us. We have moved around a fair bit in the last 20 years. But God has been in it all, directing and leading our paths all along the way. We moved from Newfoundland to Alberta, from Alberta back to Ontario, where there we found our way back to the Lord. In our season there, our pastor sat in our living room one day, and this was in 2004. And he said to us, I can see you guys in the north working with the Aboriginal people. And we, like Sarah and Abraham, we laughed and said, right, like that'll ever happen. We missed that boat a long time ago. It sailed for long ago. But God didn't forget. And he led us along a journey that brought us to Winnipeg. You see, Jeremiah was one of the most faithful and steadfast prophets in his time. 
God knew what he was up to when he formed him. We came to Winnipeg out of obedience to God and believed that all would be well because we were going in the will of God. We brought a business with us. That was to be our income. But it was a very tough market to break into. It's huge. Work was slow. I wasn't known. And it made for some very difficult and challenging times. We almost lost everything we had in possessions. We had to sell off our number of, a number of things. And it was rough. But God was with us. We drove our roots down deep. We stood on the promises of his word and pushed forward by faith. Because with him, we knew that all things were possible to those who believed. And God was equipping us. He was preparing us. We found ourselves at Gateway after we were done serving at the church we worked at. And it's there we met Pastor John and Val and Pastor Ron and Mary. We got knit into that church. We built relationships. And it's a part of this church because we're all one body. We've always desired to, or I've always desired to have a mentor. Guys don't build friendships very easy sometimes. And we can probably count on one hand how many true friends that we really have. But I've always desired to have a mentor in my life to teach me the word, to be a friend to me, to call me up in God, to be discipled. And this is what I found in these two men. They've been a true answer to my prayers for many, many years. I've learned to hear God in a greater capacity. I've been memorizing scripture. We've led house group for the last couple of years, being discipled and in turn now discipling others. It's a tremendous blessing. It has been a season of equipping and changed for me, and it's all been in preparation for the call that was placed on my life from the very beginning. God didn't make a mistake, and I've come to learn that by his grace, I didn't miss the boat. Do I have it all together? Absolutely not. But God is preparing the way. He's doing the equipping because I am obedient and submissive to his instruction in my life. And I believe that great miracles, signs, and wonders will follow those things. Ever since I was a teenager, I was doing ministry, whether it was leading a youth group, building a youth group, speaking, sitting on a planning committee, and so on. Our season in Alberta was definitely an equipping season for me. I had three mentors whom I have great respect for. They all played a significant part in my life. I remember one Sunday, just a year or so after we got out there, I was coming out of church, and the pastor's wife looked at me, and she said, it must be hard for you not doing what God has for you to do. <laughs> I just looked at her. 
She said, call the office this week when you got a chance and come out and see me. So I did. That led me to attending a ladies' Bible study. That lady became my mentor. And in one year, that lady passed the Bible study over to me. And I had three great years of teaching the Bible study. I was also a part of executives for the women's ministry. I had an opportunity to speak at a few different functions. I took a class of sermon prep with our pastor out there, which all prepared me for our move to Winnipeg. Then I headed up the women's ministry in the church we attended here and loved it. We also did home group twice a week. I thought we would be there for the long haul, but then God started to stir us again and made us feel inside that we were to make another move yet again. One of the very clear words in that season was your direction is not always your destination. So it was hard to leave, but we knew that we had to. Then we found ourselves at Gateway, and I truly enjoyed working with Mary and building the blueprints, if you guys remember blueprints. It was great because I sat with her, and we um, just came together as a committee, and I learned lots from Mary at that time. So it was great for me, and that was my equipping season. And this takes us to our last point that we want to pull out this morning, and that's Jeremiah's sending. In this part of the scripture, we see God was sending him. He said, you must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. God gave young Jeremiah three instructions. Go where I send you, speak what I command you, and don't be afraid of the people. Then he added a great word of promise. He said, for I am with you to deliver you. But if we notice, there's a condition attached to this encouraging promise. Jeremiah had to go where God sent him and speak what God told him to speak. He also had to believe God's promise and prove it by not fearing the people. It took obedience to the instruction of God. And sometimes God asks tall orders from us. And his desire is that we obey them because he wants what's best for us. And he knows where our greatest blessing is. And that is in his perfect will for our lives. And I feel this instruction and the call to the Paul is one of the biggest thus far on this journey of life and faith. God has really stepped up the game this time. He really has. I never could have dreamed in a million years that we would be in this position. I didn't know the Paul existed. Pastor John came and spoke to me one day at Gateway when they were getting ready to move. And he says, we'd like for you to come up and do some work in the manse for us. Do some decorating, he calls it. So, of course, I agreed, packed up my tools, and off north I went for a week. Well, that was an experience I didn't expect, I'll tell you that. When I pulled into town, the first thing I laid eyes on was the old Kentucky Fried Chicken bucket. And I took a picture of it, and I said, 
And I sent it to Sylvia, and I said, Sylvia, look what they got here. The old bucket is still here. It'll never die in the paw. KFC is guaranteed. That's a plug for them this morning. But when I pulled into town, I felt a heaviness come over, come over the truck. It was like it came on me. And it was like I drove under a huge cloud of heavy darkness. I started work that evening and I began to have a headache. And I wrestled with that the whole time I was there. And for some months afterwards, it was probably three, four months passed by before that actually broke. And the week couldn't go fast enough for me to get done what I had to do and get out of there. I was up and out of town before 7 a.m. on Sunday morning. I had my Timmy's and on the road. I said, see you later to Pastor John on Saturday night. I'll be gone in the morning when you get up. And I was out of there. And I didn't care if I ever seen the place anymore, honestly. But in February of 2017, the Micklefields invited us back as a family this time for the Trappers Festival, which goes on there annually every year. But it was a flop that year due to the lack of snow. They had to shut most of the dog races down and festivities because there wasn't enough snow to do it. When leaving town on Monday, the boys waved in the back window and they said, See ya, Pa. We don't care if we ever see this place anymore. It wasn't a place that any of us was attracted to. But again, we wanted to serve in whatever way God would have us to do so. So April... We were invited to come and speak. And we, we went to help. That was our heart, to help build the church there and restore the church. So we accepted. And Saturday morning I was awakened with two dreams on Saturday morning of that weekend. I was supposed to speak on Sunday. And the first one was, we were in the church on Saturday evening preparing the stage and whatnot, getting things ready for Sunday morning. And they had built a new podium, and it was only about this high. And I was looking at the thing, and I was thinking, how in the world am I going to preach from that? And I said to the guys that were there, I said, what happened to this thing? I said, if I put my notes on that, I won't be able to see them. I'll have to get on my knees. I said, they must have built that thing for Pastor John. <laughs> anyway, it was good. A half an hour later, I woke with another dream. And the other dream was a devil that was following me down the street. And he was coming behind me and he was hollering out to me, Hey, who do you think you are? What are you doing here? Who do you think you are? And as he was singing out, he was throwing rocks at me. And he was throwing these rocks. And I was probably from the back seat here to here from him. And he was throwing rocks. And I was walking down the street and he was coming. Hey, who do you think you are? And the rocks were coming and they were falling all by the side of me, all around me. They were hitting the ground all around. And there was one pebble that rubbed my arm right here and just went on by. It never hit me, it just rubbed as it went by. The only one. And they just kept falling. 
And I looked back once just to see who he was or what it was. And I turned around and I just kept walking on. And he was hollering and he was throwing. And he took this big one. It was like an old piece of broken off concrete of a building. And he threw the thing like that. And I figured if that hit me, it had killed me. That was my thought in the dream. And the thing come down, it fell by the side and it shattered in pieces. It didn't harm me. It didn't do anything. And you see, that's the promise that he gave Jeremiah. Don't be afraid, for I am with you to deliver you. And in that dream, I didn't flinch. I looked back and I just kept walking, almost like I knew I wouldn't be armed. An unexpected trip came up in June, and we went for overnight as a driver, as, as a driver to help out because P- Pastor John was doing back-to-back trips, and I wanted to help him out. So I took my guitar along and helped out with worship while I was there. And during the worship time, God gave me a picture. I was standing on the stage, and we were just stopped in worship. And I was standing there, and God showed me a picture. And in that picture, the church was full. They got lovely pews up there. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. But they were full. People were jammed in like this. They couldn't get their arms up. Everything was so tight. And halfway up the sides, on each side, there was people jammed in the aisles. All the way back across the back and out the back doors. There's a little foyer in the back, and there's sets of swinging doors there, and and the thing was full. So far out as I could see, there was people coming from everywhere. And there was every color, there was every tribe, there was nations, there was generations, there was everything represented in that group of people. And the place was overflowing. And there was things going on here. I don't really know what was going on here, but I know that the power of God was moving in that place. And people were being drawn, and they were being pulled in by the Spirit of God. And, and I believe that we're going to see an outpouring in that place that they have never yet experienced in Nepal, in, in northern Manitoba. And I believe God is about to pour out His glory upon that place. And it's going to pour out into the community, and it's going to pour out into the region. And we're going to see things change. We're going to see people set free. We're going to see people saved. We're going to see lives restored. And I believe that's just a glimpse of what he wants to do in that place. And it's just in the last couple of weeks I realized that that was Father's Day last year. I stood there and he showed me that. And I believe that that is a sign of the Father's heart of what he wants to do in Nepal. I really believe that. After I shared this with Sylvia, we began to inquire of the Lord on why we were experiencing all these things, but still didn't get a clear answer. God was working on things and working on the hearts of each of us individually. And he continued to give me more dreams and visions of the town being changed, the church increasing and growing beyond capacity, the physical building being expanded, the economy being changed, the town looking different, the band being full on the stage. And by the way, you guys did a phenomenal job this morning. 
New people moving into town, restoration of families, restoration of relationships, healings taking place, every area being transformed for the glory of God. It was a glorious picture of life-giving hope through the blood of Jesus Christ. It really was. And I asked the Lord, how are all of these things possible? How can these changes take place and be different than what it is today? And as clear as I'm here, hearing this sound come through the speaker, he said, my word will change things. My word will change things. The word formed the earth. And his word, as it goes forth, will change what we see when we proclaim it. Josh came home on one of the summer visits that we were there. And he says, I'm going to get a job up here. And we looked at each other and thought, what's that all about? This is the guy that waved and said, see ya. Don't care if we ever see this place anymore. I'm going to get a job up here. So we watched. We didn't talk about it as a family at that point. We just watched and we waited on God. And we saw God change our hearts. We saw God change our boys' hearts. And he began to put a love in our heart for the church, for the community, and for the people. It truly is a miracle of God. We didn't see where any of this could even be possible. Because when, he, when asked if we would ever saw ourselves living in the, in the paw, it was a no way. It ain't happening. We had a business partnership that dissolved. We inherited a huge debt through that process, which is a mountain that's been before us and still needs to be moved before we go. It's another area that we're having to trust God in. So I needed to know if this is what you have for us, God, in this season, then I need confirmation. And even though we had these other words, I still needed to hear from God directly myself. And on my way to Panet on Sunday morning back in last October, I asked the Lord about it. I said, if the, if the paw is what you have for us in this season, I need a word from you so that I know. Because I have to know that I know that I know that this is it. And on a stop sign on Regent Avenue, just east of Day Street, where the Pizza Hotline place is, I'll never forget it. I was stopped on that stop sign, and I heard the Lord as clear as daylight. You are my chosen one. My words I have put on your lips. Now go in the authority and anointing that I have given you and proclaim the good news. This scripture wasn't on my mind that morning. It was nowhere near my mind. But that scripture was given to us many years ago. And it lines up with how God has confirmed this call. And that was it. That's all I needed to hear. I didn't need to hear any more. But the clincher was in December coming home from church at Panet on a Sunday morning. A voice comes out of the back seat and says, Man, this week won't go fast enough. I can't wait for this week to go so we can go to the PA on the weekend. And this was Jaden sitting in the back seat. (laughs) 
I told Pastor Ron last spring, I said, if this is what God's got for us, he's got to confirm it through that boy. I said, because that's the only way I'll know for sure. And he did it. He did it. God did a mighty transformation in our hearts, all of us, and we're so grateful for it. When we went to Nepal in February, it definitely wasn't a place that I wanted to live. I wouldn't have said that I wanted to move there. The best part about it was being able to be with Pastor John and Val because we love spending time with them. We ended up going back up in April, and while we were in the church, I felt the Lord spoke to me. We went back to the house, and I asked Jason if the Lord spoke to him. He replied, no, he didn't. I said, you didn't hear anything? No, I never heard anything. Was I supposed to? I guess you must have heard something. I said, yeah. I said, I think we're supposed to come up here once a month. His response was, I think you lost your mind. Do you realize how far it is to commit to coming here once a month? I said, well, maybe you should ask the Lord about it. That was the end of our discussion. My thinking was just simply going and helping and serving Pastor John and Val. That was the only thought that was on my mind. So after that, Jason ends up going back up in June. Then that was the start of our once a month without even realizing what was going on. It was happening. But for, our, for the only reason is just to simply help, simply serve. When we went up in July, I started seeing myself building a women's ministry up there. I was getting ideas and visions of what could be done. I saw myself out in the town giving out invitations, putting up posters. Ideas for messages were coming alive in me. But I didn't understand why I was seeing all this. We had no plans of moving up there. But I was feeling that God wanted to awaken the place. I was seeing the women, women coming alive and becoming a woman unleashed for his purpose. God was changing my heart by putting a vision and a passion there. As, he continu- as we continued our trips, we started connecting with more people up there and really began to love the people. We found ourselves talking about the place and the church, and we just kind of stopped and said, why are we talking like this? This was how we were talking when God was setting us up to come to Winnipeg. That was scary for us. We still didn't think we'd be moving there, but it was always on our hearts, a huge part of our conversation and our prayers. August came, and once again, we found ourselves as a family in the paw again. Things were changing. Our hearts were changing. We, be, we came down from there, and we went on a family vacation, and that's where God really started to speak. We had not had a conversation with the boys about how we were feeling about the place, because we really didn't understand what was going on. But after we got back from our vacation, one night, Jason and Jaden had already gone to bed. But Josh and I were up on the couch having a chat. Sorry. He then told me about the vision God gave him about the paw. 
Tears streamed down my face as he was telling me because what God had showed him was exactly what he was showing Jason and I, and he couldn't have known it. So God was putting a vision and a passion in all of our hearts. I really began to ask God what he was saying. It felt impossible for us to actually move there. And it definitely looked impossible for us to go and pastor a church there. But the passion kept growing and the vision kept coming. We continued our monthly visits and it came to the point where we had to sit down with Pastor John and Val and told them what we had been feeling and seeing. Thinking they would say, that's impossible. But they didn't. They just simply asked questions at that point and really listened to what we had to say. So it got to the point where we sat down and had a family meeting where we put everything on the table. I told Josh to tell Jason the vision that he had had. He was amazed that it was the same thing that God has been showing us. We all opened up about our questions, our concerns, our fears and thoughts. So our conclusion was that this is undeniably God. But I want to tell you, before you continue, I just feel God stirring me here. Because God speaks doesn't make it easy. We have got to step out of the boat. Our life as we know it will no longer exist on July 3rd. We're, we're going to be putting all of our life behind us because we've got to step out and we've got to look to God and say, God, here we are. What do we do? He's got to put the words in our mouth. He's got to put the vision there. He's got to take us step by step, and we've got to trust him. Is it scary? Oh, yeah. It's very scary. But you know what? It's more scary to stay out of the will of God than to step into something that's beyond us. We have got to live in the place where we reverence God, we fear God so much that our passion drives us and we don't care what's around us because you know what? If God is for us, who can be against us? We have to realize that the Holy Spirit lives in us and he guides us, he protects us, he teaches us. And when we step out of the boat, we're walking on the water and we're looking at him. And he's taking us and he's directing us. Yeah. It doesn't matter what God is calling you to do. Step out and he will be there. He will be your protector. Is it scary? Absolutely. Is it beyond your comfort? You better believe it. But you know what? It'll be the best thing because it's where your protection is. It's where your blessing is. It's where you will grow leaps and bounds. And it doesn't matter what age you are. If God is speaking, we need to be moving. So with that, in just five more weeks, we will be packing up and headed north. It's humbling. It's honoring. It's fearful. It's exciting, and all sorts of emotions, but we know God is in it, and he will go with us and before us because he has confirmed it through his word. 
And maybe as we're speaking today, you might be sitting here and thinking, this is something like what God has said to me, not necessarily to go to DePaul, but you're more than welcome to come along if you want. But maybe God has called you to something. Maybe he's asking you to get more involved in the local church. Maybe he wants you to get plugged in with the family here. Maybe there are business adventures that he's calling you to. Maybe there's a job position that's come up and it's something you've been desiring but you're fearful to step. Maybe it's reaching out to your neighbor or a co-worker. Maybe he might be asking you to join the worship team or the children's ministry. It's funny that you mentioned the children's ministry this morning. Or maybe step up and lead a house group. I don't know what God's calling you to do. I don't know what that call looks like for you. But he's formed you and created you for something great. And he wants to see you fulfill your purpose, your destiny, and reach your destination. Will you say yes to his call today? God bless you.